All right, guys, and welcome to Don't Tread on America. I'm your host, Don Q. How's everyone doing today? It is January 19th, 2021, and today's show is brought to you by Maker's Mark Bourbon. That's right, Maker's Mark Bourbon, straight out of Kentucky, American company, bringing you uh, spirits and joy. All right, guys. On uh, today's show, got a couple topics I want to cover. Uh, well, tomorrow, tomorrow's the anniversary, so uh, figure one year in, how are we doing? Okay, and then I want to go over the country and the deep divide. And then, little thing, obviously we're going to have to talk about COVID, because, you know, it doesn't discriminate. That, you know, unless you're unvaxxed, then... It's full discrimination. And uh, is there a 5G conspiracy theory? <clears throat> All right, so the first uh, first topic there, obviously, where tomorrow is the one-year anniversary of Biden being inaugurated into office as the uh, president, right? Um, <clears throat> so how's it going? I mean, other than the fact that Everything's more expensive, and, uh, you know, we're a laughing stock, and 600-plus thousand people have died this year from COVID that he had to answer to. Um, you know, what has he done well? What mostly has he done bad? So, Joe Biden, in one year, how's he doing so far? This is uh, an article I found from the um, BBC. So, BBC is an English paper or news company. Um, so it's interesting to get a perspective from other countries and what they think of us and our leadership, whether it be good or bad. So, you know, when Joe took office, he claimed that, uh, he, he was triumph, not of the candidate, but of the cause. And the cause was democracy. Those were his words. Speaking to a divided country in the midst of a pandemic just weeks after the Capitol riot, he vowed to bring back unity and do great things. We can right wrongs. We can put people to work in good jobs. We can teach our children in safe schools. We can overcome this deadly virus, he said. A year into his presidency, we took a lot, um, took a look into the progress that Mr. Biden has made, his standing with the American public, and what it all means for the president going forward. And this is the analyst from the BBC's uh, northern correspondent, Anthony Zerker. God bless. If I could speak today, it would be an amazing day. <laughs> so how are his approval ratings? We went over these the other day, and I gave you the Quinnipiac um, numbers. Um, <clears throat> what I like to do is... So there's a there's a website called Real Clear Pro, uh, Politics, and what they do is they take a bunch of <clears throat> a bunch of polls. So they'll take Gallup, Political, Politico, YouGov, um, Rasmussen, Reuters, Quinnipiac, US Today, um, USA Today, and what they do is those are your major polls. So I mean like Fox and CBS and NBC, they all have polls. Also, obviously, those polls. <clears throat> tend to be a little more skewed towards their viewership, right? These polls, these other polls are a little more middle of the road. They don't they don't focus on who their viewers are. 
you know, so what, you know, if you're a Fox viewer, more than like you're a Republican, uh, you're a CNN viewer, obviously, you're probably more a Democratic voter. So obviously your polls are going to be skewed in that, in that sense. But what, with the uh, real clear politics poll, what they do is they take, they don't necessarily do polling. <laughs> they do averages. So they take those major polls and basically add them together and divide them. And there's your average. Okay. So their average is 40.9. So if you're one around up, 40, 41% of the people approve of his job. And uh, 53% disapprove. That's on average. Now the high looks like uh, Reuters has him at, what's that, 58% approval. I'm sorry, 58 I'm sorry, I'm, it's, it's very small and I'm blind. <laughs> 50% disapproval with a 45 approval. And then the lowest number is uh, Rasmussen actually has him at a 58 disapproval with a 41 approval, whereas Quinnipiac has him at 54 disapproval and a 35 approval. So you look at those two polls, you have more disapproving and less approving on one uh, which means there's a lot of, I'm assuming, middle-of-the-road uh, answers there. But nonetheless, let me go back to the thing there. So his start, his, um, <clears throat> his start began to fall at the time of the widely criticism withdrawal of the U.S. troops from uh, Afghanistan and as the Delta variant advanced. Since then, his approval ratings have fallen further as he struggled to deliver on the biggest campaign promises to tame the pandemic and restore prosperity for working families. Compared with other recent presidents, only Donald Trump has had more disappointing first year. His approval rating fell from 45% on his inauguration day to 35 later that year. Uh, Mr. Biden's former boss, Barack, began um, at, a highly, at a high nearly 70% when he took office and ended close to 50 later that year. Uh, w began in first uh, term similar position to Biden with approval around 60 and then rose to nearly 90%. But, of course, we all know why that is, because that was because of 9-11. So, you know, obviously we know he doesn't have the, the COVID crap under control. Not that I think you can. I think, I think if you run on, you know, for office, whatever that office is, president for this case, I think trying, number one, you were trying to boast that you had the answers to something no one had the answers to. And I'd be kind of like me running for president now and say, I've got the cure for the flu. I mean, how long have we, as a, as a country, as a world, been dealing with the flu, right? You deal with it. It runs its course. It has seasons in different parts of the country, different parts of the world. And you take your medicine, you take your, your antibiotics, you take your whatever, and you get over it, right? Some people die. You know, those people that are, have the, you know, the, the comorbidities and whatever, uh, you know, maybe they get the flu shot. Maybe they don't. I don't even know how how uh, well that works because, <clears throat> as we all know, the flu shot is based on certain strains, and strains vary from person to person, time to time, area to area. So there's no cure. So if I could came out and boldly said, I'm going to run for president, I got the curse of the flu, and then 600,000-plus people die... Well, I would expect you to shit on me, too. <laughs> I mean, that's just stupid. And then, 
And then it proves that he doesn't know what he's doing as a leader by what happened in Afghanistan back in August, right? So you run on certain things and you're unable to fulfill those promises. So in the... um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, he got the, uh, you know, I, I read an article where he had the uh, the uh, spending, not spending, but the recovery bills, you know, for COVID recovery and people getting their checks and stuff like that. Well, of course, you give people money, they're going to fucking love you, right? I mean, that's just plain and simple. But we talked about this back earlier in the year, last year, when this, when people were getting their 600,000, 2,000, whatever the dollar amounts were, checks. And everyone was so happy. And we're like, nothing tree, guys. You're gonna that's gonna come around to bite you in the ass. Well, now we have inflation. And I don't know that that's a direct cause of the inflation, but obviously <clears throat> the spending that people did outgrew the surplus. And on top of there being a work shortage, not just in this country, but other countries, and we've yet to catch up. And like I've been telling you guys, this is very reminiscent of the 1920s after the Spanish flu when this, when the world went through the same situation, a similar situation of a pandemic and we we're all going to die and to jumpstart the economy, you influx a shit ton of money into the situation. People out buy the surplus. So the companies ramp up the, sur- you know, the, the surplus, the supplying, um, well, people run out of money because now everything's expensive because you just raised the price of everything because the surplus was running low. Okay? So people stop spending, but the companies are still making the shit because they've been making it. Now, I mean, hell, if you go into so many stores, you go into Walmart and Target, they're still getting Christmas products, Christmas decorations and toys, not necessarily basic toys, but like Christmas toys and Christmas um, stuff because a lot of that stuff might have been coming from overseas or whatever, and it's finally made its way. Well, the company has already purchased the products. So, you know, if, if you if you go to a Walmart or a Target or a plate, you know, a shopping center like that, they've already purchased said products from the company, from whatever company, from China or wherever it's coming from overseas. And um, they, they got to sell it. You know, so you you very well could walk into your local Walmart at any given time, and there's still a pretty good amount of Christmas products there. Now, granted, they're going to be cheap as shit. You know, they might be a dollar. They might be 90%, 75% off because, you know, they got to do something with it. But <clears throat> that's when companies start to lose money. So if they're spending, if they're selling you an item that w- would have sold, say, for $10, now it's 90% off, and now it's a dollar, they probably paid more than a dollar for it on top of paying the truck driver to get it to the store on top of the employees to stock it on the shelf and so on and so forth. You know, now they're losing money on that product. You see what I'm saying? So if they spent, if they're selling, if they were initially going to sell the item for $10, okay, they may have paid 3 or $4 for the item. Then paying the employees to put it on the shelf, the truck drivers, da 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 They might only be making 20%. So of the $10 call, you know, price, they might only be making $2 on that item. Well, now 
you still are paying the employees whatever. You're still paying the truck driver whatever. On top of that, you marked it down 75 or 90%, whatever that dollar amount is, to get rid of it. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So now let's say on a $10 item, initially you would have made $2 between paying the, cut, the uh, employee and the truck drivers and whatnot and buying the product. So you've spent eight bucks on that product. Well, now you're selling it for a dollar. So you just lost seven. Now, how long can companies keep doing that before they go out of business? Now, I'm granted I'm using Walmart as an example. I'm sure they can afford to, you know, do this for a few items here and there. But <laughs> eventually, it will catch up to you. That's that was my whole point of this back a few months ago when I talked about the new Great Depression. If you guys missed it, go back in the archives, look at the show. It was probably three months ago or so. Um, but that's what scares me about all of this. We're, we're constantly spending. I mean, shit, me and my wife went to the grocery store last night, pick up a few items, literally went through the express check because that's all we had, 50 bucks. Today had to do the same thing to get a few more items for uh, our daughter, express line, 50 bucks. And she looks at me and we're carrying the product out. It's we had a buggy full. <laughs> She's like, can you believe that little bit of stuff said 50 bucks? I'm like, yeah, you know, 50 bucks doesn't go as far as it used to go, you know, last year, year before, but damn, it doesn't even go as far. I mean, think about that $50 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Right. So, um, anyway, let's, let's keep moving here. Um, where am I at? Biden sucks. Biden sucks. Oh, here it is. <laughs> so on his, uh, on his, uh, inauguration speech, he talked about, um, a lot of things of what he was going to do. And, um, here's one of the excerpts where he was talking about unity and we'll, we'll play this and then I'll go on the backside of what I think about that. To fight the foes we face anger, resentment and hatred, extremism, lawlessness, violence, disease, joblessness and hopelessness. With unity, we can do great things, important things. We can right wrongs. We can put people to work in good jobs. We can teach our children in safe schools. We can overcome the deadly virus. We can reward, reward work and rebuild the middle class and make health care secure for all. We can deliver racial justice and we can make America once again the leading force for good in the world. I know speaking of unity can sound to some like a foolish fantasy these days. I know the forces that divide us are deep and they are real. But I also know they are not new. Our history has been a constant struggle between the American ideal that we're all are created equal and the harsh, ugly reality that racism, nativism, fear, demonization have long torn us apart. The battle is perennial and victory is never assured. Through civil war, the Great Depression, World War, 9-11, through struggle, sacrifice, and setbacks, our better angels have always prevailed. In each of these moments, enough of us, enough of us have come together 
to carry all of us forward. And we can do that now. History, faith, and reason show the way, the way of unity. So <clears throat> he's preaching unity and, of course, has to go into um, when he talks about unity. It's more of a white, black, uh, people of color scenario. Um, I personally, I mean, you know, say say what you will, but I personally don't think that there is as big of a racial divide in this country as as these people would want you to make us believe. You know, um, I think for the most part, no matter what color you are, we all pretty much get along. And if we have an issue with somebody, it's not because of their color, it's because of their character. If, if, if I, a white man, have a problem with a, a black man or a Hispanic man or whatever, I can guarantee it's not because they are black or they are Hispanic. It's because they have done something, whether they're a fucking moron or they said something or whatever. But it's not because they're black or they're Hispanic. I can guarantee you I have just as many issues with white people, if not more so, than I do black people or Hispanic people or Asian people. Um, and I would be willing to bet that the majority of this country is the same way. We don't, we don't see that. This is in 1950, you know, when that's what people saw. That's what Joe Biden probably saw when he was younger. Cause that's, I grant it, I'm not excusing it, but that's how it was back in those days. I don't think people see like that as much nowadays as, as they did 60, 70 years ago. I think the division in this country and this, um, the uh, hatred or whatever has nothing to do with color, race, gender. It's ideas, ideals. It's the way they divide us between being vaccinated or not vaccinated. Um, especially now. I think even going into this particular time where, so, you know, six months ago, let's just say, when I don't know the percentage, but let's say half the country was, was vaccinated. You probably knew people that were vaccinated if you're not. And if you knew of people, and I'm not talking about family members, I'm talking about maybe coworkers or just people you knew that were vaccinated and they knew you were not vaccinated, they probably felt some sort of way towards you and maybe you towards them. Maybe you were thinking, oh, they're fucking morons. I can't believe they got the vaccine. Jesus, would they not just listen to me? They're not just listen to the Detom show and find out what the hell's going on. <laughs> or um, them to you. Well, I don't know why you know they won't get vaccinated. It's going to save their lives and it's going to save other people's lives. Everyone should just be vaccinated. Because there's people. I'm, I'm not making these. I've heard these words out of people's mouths. That's why I'm saying that. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not making up stuff. Um, but as time has progressed... And those 50, I don't know what the number's at, I think it's around 70% of the countries got at least two shots, right? So, how many of those people still feel the same way? Number one, and then uh, how many of those people feel like this is all people like mine's fault? Because we never did get vaccinated. It's y'all's fault. When in actuality, it's probably 
y'all's fault, <laughs> the people that got vaccinated. Because as we've come to find out, as more and more doctors and virologists and whatnot are coming out, that the more you vaccinate people, the more the strains are going to mutate. And I saw a thing on Tucker last night. They were talking about, I think it was in Hong Kong, that uh, they're going to kill all the hamsters in Hong Kong. Not just like at a pet store, just all of them. They're going to eradicate the species of hamster in Hong Kong. And it was come to find out that the animals, not just (laughs) hamsters, but I guess hamsters because of, you know, people, the way people keep them as pets and whatnot, I guess they can spread COVID. I guess it was found out they were spreading COVID, so they're going to kill the hamsters. I didn't catch the whole story. But the point is, is what he had said on the show was, if animals can carry this virus, or any virus for that matter, but we're, we're worried about this virus in particular, and this really isn't the COVID segment, so I really should be saving this, but real quick, <laughs> you're not going to get rid of it. If animals can keep on spreading it, unless you're going to vaccinate or kill all the animals, which, you know, I guess if you ask Bill Gates, he would be all about it. All right, so as American presidents from time to time has faced, many presidents have faced difficult years, first years. Uh, Abraham Lincoln comes to mind. He's probably had one of the biggest issues. You know, we think of President Lincoln, and we think of he freed the slaves, ended the Civil War, blah, blah, blah. But... We don't think of the fact that he actually, well, he didn't start it, but it was started under his first year. (laughs) He ended it, yeah, but in that first year, he was greeted by a succession of southern states, which eventually started the Civil War, right? In more modern times, more what they would call the, the TV era, right? JFK had his issues with the Bay of Pigs. Um, So how does Biden's first year compare with, with those two examples. I mean, <clears throat> granted, we don't have states succeeding from the Union. Not yet, anyway. Um, we don't have a Bay of Pigs debacle yet, anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, he's made it through his first year on those two items. Now, could be he he'd be a president that has to deal with both of those issues before his term's up? Maybe. Um, you know, it's kind of ironic but you know as i'm as i'm thinking about this it, that very well could happen but when we think of presidents nowadays and i'm not just talking about biden I'm talking about the last handful we think about the things that affect us personally right our money our families our health our jobs those those type things and they all kind of have to do with each other we might not be as worried about foreign policy um I mean, if you had a list of things, if you looked at the economy, uh, foreign policy, you know, getting bills passed, law and order, you know, handling crises, or and uh, domestic unity, like everyone getting getting along, I would I would think, in my opinion, foreign policy is probably last on that list because much like any other American, we worry about what concerns us, so we we don't really care about what's going on in the world if it doesn't affect us. Now, if, if it affects us in a way of war or we having to send kids off to to battle and stuff, that changes things a little different. Led, legislative accomplishments and laws getting passed, we tend to not stress a whole lot about until they affect us personally. 
i.e. OSHA mandates, right? I mean, how many bills get passed in a given year, a given day, a given week that we never hear shit about? It's only when it affects us is when the news and Twitter and wherever propagates it and puts it in our face, build back better, infrastructure, OSHA mandates, you know, to name a few. (laughs) But you don't hear the stupid shit. Um, Law and order, once again, if it affects you, then obviously it's it's an issue. Like in some of these cities, New York, Washington, Philadelphia, they're having a crazy spike in crime. Not even just crime is from like shoplifting and stuff, but like murders. And you can't tell me that I, it doesn't affect me personally because I don't live there. But people that are listening to the show do. So it affects them and that's concerning to them. So if you have a bad economy, right, and you have what was 7%, 7% inflation and, and, and rising... So that means you're making less money, you're spending more money. On top of that, they're trying to pass mandates that people don't want to do. They're not handling the COVID crisis like they said they were going to. Not that I think there's much of a crisis there. People are getting sick and we're getting over it. I mean, um, <clears throat> domestic unity, I think, isn't, isn't horrible other than the, the COVID discrimination, as I like to call it. And then foreign policy. So, I mean, he's he's striking out on all of these things. You had the debacle with Afghanistan, pulling the troops out. Now what's going on with Russia? What's going on with China? He can't get these... Not that I would want him to get these bills passed, but he's having issues with these bills because they don't meet the people's demands. Um, so, we'll start with the economy. So, the economy that Biden inherited wasn't necessarily the best in history, but we all know why that is. Now, he'll tell you it's because he's a great president. He brought all these jobs back and he created jobs, six million jobs, blah, blah, blah. Well, we know that's a lie. He didn't create shit. As they opened the country up, people went back to work. And even then, he's still missing the mark, right? But um, the inflation <laughs> was at a historic low prior to him becoming president. So for the four years under um, Trump, the inflation hovered around 2%. And now it's at a 40, 40 uh, year high at 7%. And, and like I said, rising. They're saying by March, I think they're saying it could be upwards of 8%. It doesn't seem like a lot. But as you guys all well know, you go to the grocery store, you go to wherever, buy gas, whatever. And I, I don't even use gas as a catalyst because gas fluctuates so much. I mean, yeah, gas is higher now than it was under Trump, but it was the same prices when Biden, when uh, Obama was in. So this, to me, the gas prices aren't as shocking as going to the grocery store and spending 50 bucks and getting like two bags worth of groceries. That's a little more shocking to me than the gas thing, personally. So, I mean, you could argue that maybe he's... The Biden administration is not entirely at fault for the inflationary rise because, like I said, that has a lot to do with the spending, you know, with consumer spending and, you know, supply issues and whatnot as far as making stuff, not so much the fuck-ups at the ports and whatnot. But his policies of enormous spending, higher regulations, and, you know, the war on energy by closing down pipelines and whatnot isn't helping anything. So, um, you know, we have to keep in mind that inflation is likely the worst 
of economic ills. And um, it can get out of control. It takes years to plan to get it back. So, and I think that's what everyone's stressing about is, you know, we had the same issue under uh, Carter. And it took, you know, a few years into Reagan's administration to, to start to fix things. And it probably wasn't until the end of his term into uh, Bush's term that we saw it. Well, you're talking six, <laughs> eight years. That's that's a lot. Um, then we go into foreign policy, right? So when we think of foreign policy, we obviously think of Russia, China. So <clears throat> we don't get a real clear situation on what's going on with those things. We we hear what we hear on the news. But, you know, the one thing me and Chris were talking about this the other day and China hasn't, I mean, I don't want to say I haven't done anything, but in history is a good way to put it. You know, we've had our issues with Russia for years. We've had our issues with North Korea for recent years, right? But under Trump, you never really heard a whole lot about them acting up, you know, even to the point where where uh, Trump visited, you know, what was they call him, Rocket Man, right? Kim Jong-un convinced him to stop doing what he was doing, you know, seemed to get along well with Putin. And now, granted, there's some people out there could sit there and say, oh, it's because he was a Russian spy and he was this and he was that, whatever, whatever. The point of the matter is maybe, maybe these presidents of these other countries actually had some respect for Trump for, you know, for whatever their reason was. Um, also, maybe they realized Trump wasn't playing with them. See, Biden isn't forceful in the sense of action. He want he he'd rather you pay him to be nice than him be nice or him be mean, whatever the case may be. Um it, it, it's no wonder that as soon as so you figure when did Russia take Crimea when Obama was in office? 4 years Trump was in office, you didn't really hear much of anything. Now, granted, you could argue, well, Trump didn't go in and make him give him back Crimea, whatever. I get that. But they didn't act out. First year Biden's in there. <laughs> now they're may, maybe, maybe not, depending on how you want to look at it. Are they trying to get back the Ukraine? I don't know. So then you go into legis- legislative accomplishments. So that's like getting bills passed and, and whatnot. So in Biden's first uh, year, during his first 100 days, he focused on reversing pretty much everything Trump did. You know, I mean, I think that was day one, executive order after executive order, reversing all of um, Trump's policies. And uh, and then signing that $1 trillion infrastructure bill. Yay, right? There's part of your inflation. But, you know, even that didn't happen until a couple months ago, Right. And of course, earlier in the year, he had the uh, the the uh, COVID relief bills and whatnot. But um, you know, as you go through the list, so obviously, law and order is very important to a lot of us, or all it should be important to all of us. But but you had a president and a vice president who ran on defunding the police. You had Kamala's people had a bail, you know, bail reform you know, helping bail out people in Minnesota and whatnot. Um, 
how how can you have a president that wants to talk about law and order but doesn't abide by any of it or doesn't enforce any of it or want it to be enforced unless it's on certain people? Um, handling of crises. So there there could be a hundred crises going on in this world right now, but we only worry about the one thing, and that's COVID, right? So when he was running for president, he touted he had the solution. He had the answers to all the questions. Um, and then there was a part, I think he tweeted out, where it's like, you know, so far into the pandemic and Donald Trump still doesn't have a plan to get this virus under control, and I do. You know, he tweeted that out. And uh, so it, I think Trump, for the year of 20, they had two, I don't know the exact numbers, 200,000 some odd deaths for COVID. And that was COVID with something new. They didn't really know what the deal was. They didn't know how to do a lot of things other than keeping people at home. Um, but you you can only do that so long. Um, in the meantime, they touted these vaccines and all this stuff that was going to help everybody. And in the meantime, you've had 600,000 plus more deaths than you did the first year of not knowing what it was. So I guess that's when you get into the situation of are the vaccines helping or hurting? And then you have domestic unity. Um, and is the country more unified now than, than they were? Um, I know under four years of Trump, that's all you heard a lot about was how divided the country is. And he's just a divider in chief and he's this and he's that. And, um, uh, I think, how, how can I put this? I think he was more divided by, by, um, hatred <laughs> of, of Trump. So it was a situation where people, if you recall when Trump was elected, it was all about, um, it was all about uh, Hillary. You know, everyone thought for sure that Hillary was going to be the uh, the next president. And um, when that didn't happen, people lost their mind. I mean, they literally lost their mind. You remember seeing the videos of people yelling and screaming and, you know, you know, whatever. Because... And that and that helped sowed the the seat uh, of uh, stolen you know Russia this and Russia that and you had all the conspiracies and the Russia blah blah blah, but in, in another poll, a whopping it's like sixty four percent of Americans say the country is more divided under Biden than Trump. You know, and the left always often called um, Trump the most divisive president in history. However, this brand new poll. Uh, Biden has secured that title all to himself. Whopping 64% of those polled said this country is more divided now than it ever was under Trump. Now, this is from Trending Politics article. Um, they have an excerpt from Breitbart. The majority of Americans believe Joe Biden has done a poor job in uniting the country. A Rasmussen report released uh, Tuesday found the survey asked respondents how to rate the president has done in terms of uniting the country. 53% said he's done a poor job, while 15%'s done a fair. He said it said he's done a fair. Another 20% said he's doing a good job, and 10% said excellent. <laughs> so 
Notably, 79% of Republicans and 60% of independents said he's doing a poor job uniting the country. So, you know, there is not at all surprising when considered facts that Biden has repeatedly called Trump supporters terrorists and encouraged angers toward 80 million unvaccinated Americans. When Biden was installed into the White House on January 20th, he promised to work just as hard for the people who didn't vote for him as he did, who, or as he will, who did. And I think that's a telling tale right there. You have, you know, how many votes did Trump get? 80 million Trump uh, votes? And they're saying 80 million unvaccinated Americans. Now, I don't think those 80 million unvaccinated Americans were all voters for Trump because I know personally, I know people that voted for Trump that are vaccinated. So, but nonetheless, so surely some of those unvaccinated people voted for Biden or maybe they didn't vote at all. I don't know. But um, point being is he's not working for all of us. Instead, he calls, like this article says, he calls Trump uh, supporters terrorists. He calls unvaccinated. Uh, this is the pandemic of the unvaccinated. So, I mean, granted, words, <laughs> what was it when you were a kid, you know, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, right? Names will never hurt me. I mean, it's the same thing. You can call me what you want. I don't really give a shit. It's my life. I should be able to decide if I want a shot, if I don't want a shot, uh, who I want to vote for, who I don't want to vote for. Um, you allegedly won, so get over it. <laughs> so, um, but in the meantime, he's also taken of those 82, 3 million people that allegedly voted for him, he's got those people pissed off at him because they're like, uh, they can see the issues too. They can see what they're paying at the pump. They can see what they're uh, paying at the grocery stores. This isn't, when when it comes to money, you know, you're, you're not talking about, um, uh, you're not talking about uh, Republican or Democrat or independent. You're talking about everybody. Okay. And uh, people will hate you real quick <laughs> when you start messing with their money. And uh, it just it just blows my mind, you know, because what, what was it on the movie, right? Playing with my money is like playing with my emotion. That's right. So I could I could vote for a president. All day long. Like I've told you guys before, I voted for for uh, Obama. And when things started to go shit, I was like, this is bullshit. This dude didn't say, do anything he promised he was going to do. And at least it took, you know, it took, <laughs> I don't think I was day one. Of course, I, I didn't want uh, Biden in there to begin with. But point being is, you, um, you, uh, you, you make these promises in the middle of a pandemic that you're going to fix all these things. And you might say a person like myself or people, you guys listening to the show and people like me are where you were skeptical to begin with. Right. But now he's not only not doing anything he said. So the people that voted for him and believed in him and believed he was the way are thinking, this is crazy ass old man. And some of them laugh about it. And the thing kills me is when you see these um, different articles, different uh, posts. I thought I had it saved, but I can't find it. But 
there was <laughs> these articles when you're looking at polls and whatnot, and there's still 20% approve, you know, 30% of Democrats approve. Like, what the fuck are you seeing that you approve of what he's doing? Tell me two things that that he is successfully doing for this country that outweigh or at least balance out what he's not doing for this country. I'll leave it at that. All right. On to uh <laughs> on to more covid talk. I'm sorry guys. But it kind of goes in stride with the division of this country, so it's kind of just just follow me here. So I I'm labeling this portion of the show covid doesn't discriminate. Unless you're unvaccinated. And what I mean by that is you have everyone, <laughs> it seems like, uh, getting COVID, right? If, whether you're vaccinated, you're not vaccinated, you're uh, triple vaccinated, and whatever, however many shots you've taken, you, I guarantee you everyone listening to this show has either had COVID or knows of somebody, not just kind of knows of somebody, but you know somebody that's had COVID, or has COVID. I think that's pretty much a fair, a fair assumption. Because uh, if nothing else, you all know me and I've had it back in August. So, sugar water. But I'm just saying, you might have work with somebody that it has it, had it. And, I, I, you know, not to say names of people that work with me, but I know people that I work with that are vaccinated and that have recently gotten COVID. Now, it's not people I hang out with, so they can't blame me. It's not the pandemic of the unvaccinated. I think that's the thing that would piss me off the most, is if if I was one of these people that back in March and April when they were like, oh, guys, you know, we just need to get the, get the shots, and, you know, we can go back to normal, and we can do this, and we can do that, and we don't have to wear a mask, and yada, yada, yada. And then you do that, you're like, okay, fuck it, I'm just going to get the shot, you know, whatever. I'm just, that way I can live my life to normal. You get the shots and it's like, oh, wait, we're going to have to put a mask back on. Oh, wait, we're going to have to do this. Oh, wait, we're going to have to do that. And then even then you're kind of like, oh, God, okay, whatever. I'll put the mask on. Just bullshit, but whatever. But then you get fucking COVID, <laughs> right? I mean, to me, that would just be like, this is some bullshit. And I think that's part of the problem where I reported on one of the shows where you had uh, 70, whatever percent has had one shot and then, 60 somethings had the second shot, but then only like 30%'s gotten the third shot. And I think that's a telling tale. That 30% has gotten that third shot. Those are your true believers. Those are those people that feel there's no wrong. We've got to do this. This is what we have to do. Um, but as people have gotten the first and second shots and then maybe still got COVID, they're like, what the fuck am I getting a third shot for? Now they're calling for a fourth shot. And then was it Pfizer? I told you guys a while back CEO coming out saying, Oh, we got a new, new uh, vaccine coming out in uh, March to help with the uh, Omicron. So now you're on four shots and then probably five. And like my personal opinion is on the research I've done um, on these shots that each shot knocks your immune system back 30%. Now, if that's true and you've had three shots and four shots, you're pretty much fucked. I'm just, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, that's one person's opinion. But nonetheless, I didn't know this. I would find I found this article, so I don't know if you guys re- realize this. And I, not to be hateful, I don't really care a whole lot for the man. I think he's bombastic and overbearing, but you know, whatever. 
he makes his money and that's what he does and so be it, right? But ESPN host Stephen A. Smith recently just got out of the hospital with COVID. So 54, he's 54 year old, uh, began the episode revealing, this was the other day, that he was hospitalized with 103 degree fever and double pneumonia on January 1st. He says, I didn't know if I was going to make it. They told me, had it, had I not been vaccinated, I wouldn't be here. That's how bad I was. I I don't like when people say that. I don't care if it's Stephen A. Smith or if it's Bobby Johnson. If these shots, these COVID shots are not, I've told you guys this time and time again, this isn't a one-size-fits-all. For as many people like Stephen A. Smith that has been vaccinated and still got COVID and still got sick, you had a lot of people still get sick and go to the hospital and die. It doesn't matter. I don't know what his pre-existing conditions are. He could be perfectly healthy. I don't know. He goes on to say, let me see if I can find it real quick, that I, th- I think it was his his sister. Or, let's see if I can find it real quick. I probably won't be able to because... Uh, because, uh, you know, I'm an idiot. But anyway, yeah, so he had pneumonia in both his lungs um, and damaged his liver. So it ravaged his body so bad that, you know, he has to monitor his volume. He can only breathe so well and whatever. I get that because that happened. His sister, okay, so here it is. So Smith noticed uh, noted that everybody's different. At least he came out and said that. Mentioned his sister, who is a smoker, recovered from COVID-19 in a matter of days. So that's my point. So when all this shit started, they scared everybody with comorbidities. You're fat, you're, you got heart issues, you got lung issues, you smoke, you got da 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 You got to get the shot. Well, it doesn't specify whether his sister was vaccinated or not. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know that that matters a whole hell of a lot. Uh, but let's assume she was vaccinated. Okay, and let's assume he's in perfect health. Stephen A. Smith, let's assume he's in perfect health. There's, he has no heart issues. No, he doesn't smoke. He doesn't drink, whatever. And then he, according to his words, almost died, right? And then if it wasn't for the vaccine, I would have died. Well, let's say his sister is vaccinated, smoker. S- same DNA and everything, I would assume, right? So <laughs> did she... Uh, was she just a lucky one or the fact that maybe they didn't specify in the article that she's not vaccinated tells you a little bit more because I've come to find out as, as you read stories about COVID deaths and whatnot that people have no problem, especially, well, it used to be real bad before when people were vaccinated and still died. They didn't say shit about it. They just didn't say that they were or weren't, but that was kind of a telltale. But when they go out of their way to not say it now it means they weren't vaccinated because then you'd make the argument, well, here you are. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, Stephen A. Smith, you got so sick from the vaccine and the COVID. Do you ever maybe think about that? I don't know. Well, so when it comes to discrimination, I've read a couple of different articles, and uh, this one was in England, and uh, this one is from America. Congressman demands HHS rescind blatantly discriminatory guidance prioritizing race, ethnicity, and COVID-19 treatments. So this is off the Daily Signal. 
Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona called on the Department of Human Health and Service on Tuesday to immediately rescind guidance indicating that race and ethnicity should be prioritized when providing COVID-19 treatments. So I've read situations where not just, and this isn't this, this isn't about vaccines. They don't give a shit what color you are, what gender you are. If you're willing to roll up your arm, you get the needle. This is the monoclonal antibodies stuff that we're having issues now. All of a sudden, it's funny how over the summer when um, DeSantis here in Florida started doing the, the sites, the monoclonal antibody sites, helped lower the cases real big in Florida. Uh, Biden was like, yeah, take whatever you want because it don't work. It's crap. <laughs> so Sam's like, cool. You know, we bought it all up at the state level and he gave it to the people that needed it for free. And then when Biden saw this shit, it was like, oh, well, you're buying too much. We need to make sure we have enough for everybody. Cool, whatever. But now it's to the point where it's getting harder to get. I think uh, DeSantis a month or so ago had to make a deal out with another company to get product through them versus through the federal government. So, you know, but that's a governor working for his people. But nonetheless, in some of these states and some of these and even in other countries, I saw, like I said, England was one of them where they're prioritizing the health, the, the treatments by skin color, meaning that if I, a white man, walk into a place to get said treatment and let's say, let's just say for shits and giggles, there's 50 people there and 48 of them are not white, whatever color, not white. Do you think they're going to serve me first? They're going to wait. That's kind of, I mean, I don't think that would happen here, but that's what they're saying is happening in some of these states, some of these cities and some of these other countries. So, why is that? There's part of your discrimination right there. So when I talk about COVID, COVID discrimination, it's, it's those types of situations. You have um, the treatments, number one, medicine, but then the discrimination between vaxxed and unvaxxed. And it, as far as I can tell anymore, there's no difference because obviously you can still get vaccinated and get covid but some of these people are so mind-fucked into thinking that Fauci's so great and Biden's even better, and they wouldn't lie to us about these vaccines and how well they're going to help us, that if they get sick, it's your fault. All right. And this is out of Japan. This is interesting to me. Japan bans COVID vax mandates and discrimination based on status and also puts a heart warning label on the uh, vaccines. <laughs> Interesting, right? So, uh, Japan announced uh, that public and private sectors cannot discriminate against those who refuse to refuse the experimental mRNA gene therapy injections. Japan is now labeling COVID vaccines to warn of dangerous and potential deadly side effects such as mono, uh, my, myocarditis. In addition, the country is reaffirming its commitment to adverse event reporting requirements to ensure all possible side effects are documented. These efforts from Japan, oh, hold on, I'm going to go back up. So that's kind of like a VAERS report. So just know in Japan, if you get hit by a car, that goes on the report, <laughs> allegedly. These efforts from Japan's health authority are in stark contrast to deceptive measures taken by other countries to 
coerce citizens into taking the injections, downplaying the side effects, and discouraging proper uh, adverse event reporting. Additionally, Japan is em- emphasizing informed consent and antibody autonomy until the coronavirus pandemic. The concept of informed con- consent was considered sacred to healthcare professionals. Japan is particularly raising concerns about the risk of myocarditis in young men injected with Pfizer or Moderna's gene therapy treatment. The country is enforcing a strict legal reporting requirement of side effects that takes place within 28 days of the injection. So, there you, I mean, Japan, right? I, I don't consider them a third world nation, right? They're first world, I would, I would say, right? And um, they see an issue with, and it's not Japan's version of the, the uh, vaccine, it's Pfizer and Moderna, same shit they're giving out here. So obviously their scientists, their doctors see an issue with this uh, medicine. And it's not even that they're banning the medicine. They're not going to ban the shot, but they they want you to have all the information on the shot. And I, I believe that's pretty damn fair. Because, you know, here's a shot if you want it, but if you do want it, here's some things that you should be aware of. And that's kind of the things I've been saying, and you've heard many other podcasts and whatnot say this. You know, you should check with your doctor. This isn't a one-size-fits-all thing. Check with your doctor. Make sure you're a candidate for it. Had a conversation with a future daughter-in-law last night. And, uh, like, my son's vaccinated because of his job. He travels, and he kind of... Kind of had no choice. I mean, young man makes pretty good money. Really couldn't just give that up to because of of this. I, I'm not saying I 100% agree, but I get it. Um, but nonetheless, now she's talking about getting vaccinated because when they go on their honeymoon, they're going to take a cruise and so on and so forth. And I'm like, well, she's got underlying issues that as we've come to find out, this uh, quote-unquote vaccine could, you know, make worse. So if that's the case, I told her. I told her last night we were eating dinner. I said you need to make sure that you're a candidate for this. Do me that favor. I mean, Kendall did what he had to do. You don't have to go on a cruise. <laughs> you might want to go on a cruise. You don't have to. My biggest thing was just make sure that your other issues aren't going to this 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 medicine isn't going to make things worse. And then as you go on and on about COVID vaccines and no vax and whatever, you have the situation what's going on in Australia, okay? So, you know, you take, uh, I always mess his name up. I think it's Novak Djokovic, right, the tennis player. He was just deported. I don't know if you saw that. I think that happened on the, over the weekend. I don't know if I talked about it on Sunday, but he was deported from Australia for no vaccine. And the government saying it's because he's a danger to the country. Well, supposedly he's got natural immunity, so I'm assuming he you make that claim because you've been tested. Let's say he's had antibody testing. I don't know. But um, he's one person. I mean, I guess technically you could isolate him. You could. I mean, is he really a danger to the country? But when we read that, the government's saying he's a danger to the country. Is it... That he's a like we read that and say he's a danger to the country. Was he going to spread COVID to everybody? He's one person, right? So 
if I don't think it's that my personal opinion, I don't think it's that they feel that he's going to be a super spreader. <laughs> I think it's what else he's about that they're worried about. And he, they're afraid of him. He'll spread dissension amongst, which I would say uh, Djokovic isn't going to spread any kind of dissension for the fact that you've already got your dissension. Much like I've been saying, we've been saying, um, if the, how long the vaccine's been out now, you a little more than a year. If you want to be vaccinated, you're vac- You're more than likely vaccinated. If you're getting vaccinated now, it's for a reason that is beyond your control. Either your your work's making you do it, you feel obligated for some reason all of a sudden. But you're not just going into a year of this, of COVID being around, whether you've had it or you haven't had it, and decide, you know what? We've been dealing with this for, what, two years? I think now's the time to get the vaccine. Yeah, I know I could have got it eight months ago, but... Now seems like a good time. <laughs> You're not doing that. Um, so I, I found this little article. And uh, this is from uh, Reuters. So, um, Tennis star Bobby Johnson. So, no. well, a little story. So him and his wife, uh, Novak Djokovic, uh, you know, he makes good money being a tennis player. And much like a lot of uh, sports stars and and, you know, uh, actors and whatnot, they invest in business opportunities. So he and his wife decided to invest in uh, a over-the-counter COVID-19 treatment out of, uh, it's a Danish biotech firm. Um, So it reads here, a Serbian superstar who became focused with the global vaccine debate over his failed attempt to enter Australia without being inoculated, holds a majority stake in Danish bioterm firm aiming to develop a treatment to counter the COVID-19, the CEO of that company. So the company's name is Quaint BioRes boss Ivan Lonsaverik, who described himself as an entrepreneur, said the tennis player's acquisition of 80% stake was made in June of 2020, but declined to say how much that was. The uh, the company is developing a peptide which inhibits the coronavirus from infecting the human cells. Expense launched in criminal tri- uh, criminal <laughs> clinical trials in Britain this summer, according to that guy, Lon Saravic, <laughs> who stressed the firm was reading on treatment, not a vaccine. So I think that has a lot to do, in my opinion, I think that has more to do with it than, than the... Um, the him being a danger. I think it's whether he were to go out and speak on it. I don't think he would. I, I like I said, I don't know anything about tennis. I think he would be more a situation of, uh, you can read these articles. You can see what he's about. I think that's their issue. You'll have someone like him. Here's a healthy young man playing tennis at the top of his game, not vaccinated and investing in companies to find an alternative to the vaccine. Well, we don't want that. We want everyone vaccinated. And I've asked it God knows how many times. Why? So I found this little uh, video here is on Twitter. It's a pretty simple question. Is Novak Djokovic or other unvaxxed people a danger to society and themselves? So bottom line is if you're fit and well, 
You cannot possibly represent a respiratory health, viral health threat to anybody else. So there's no reason medically to say that he is in any way representing a lack of safety to the continent of Australia. It's just, it's a ridiculous thought at this point in time. He's not a problem. If you are somebody in society and you took the vaccine, you should be concerned about yourself. Don't be concerned about Dokovic's uh, immune status. The vaccines have negative efficacy. That means you're more likely to get the disease if you're vaccinated in Omicron. Vaccination will never protect anyone against infection. And so this whole business that you are protected after vaccination has been fraudulent from the very beginning. Well, there you go. Now, every one of those people that you heard <clears throat> are doctors. Um, granted, their opinion, but probably more fact. They just don't tow the company line. I don't know. All right, so this is a developing story, but it's but is it? <laughs> so I title this section, What's Going On With 5G? Is it still a conspiracy theory? So what I'm talking about, if you guys haven't seen this, so they were supposed to have the na nationwide rollout of uh, 5G. I think, I think this was the third go-around. I think today was supposed to be the third time so I want to say it was December, November were the first two times, and for whatever reason they got delayed. Each time it's been a different reason. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. Now, today, it's because of air travel. They're saying that uh, these antennas to, you know, within a certain range of an airport can mess with the plane's uh, compass and uh, landing ability and whatnot. I guess my question is, 5G, I mean, granted, it's new. Obviously, it hasn't been rolled out. I mean, it's some people have 5G. But the technology has been being developed for a while now. So I saw on TV where they were like, wasn't the FAA and these airlines and airports and whatnot part of the conversations when it came to this? It's not like 5G is a, I mean, it's a strong radio wave. Surely it's going to have some sort of interference. Now, when I talk about conspiracy theories... That's a whole other situation, and that could be a show for another day, and we can in, in, uh, put all this together, and maybe there's a reason why they're blaming it on the FAA. I don't know. But, you know, we, for those of you that may delve into conspiracy theories and COVID vaccines and 5G and stuff like that, and uh, we've talked about it on this show at one point or another, where the uh, there's a metal... These are the times where I wish Chris was here, but <laughs> there's a metal in the supposedly graphene something or another in the in the shot that's metallicized, and then you could you could find videos on different situations where they'll show you, oh, this person has had the vaccine and now they're being manipulated by radio waves, and that's core, that's where your five G conspiracy all kind of comes in together. Well, is that why they're putting all these towers up in five G and they're gonna you know brainwave you and you know, Manchurian candidate, you, you know, I'm not saying they're not, but, you know, whatever. guess that remains to be seen. The point of the matter is, is this is a technology that was supposed to have rolled out nationwide a few months ago. And every month there's a delay of some sort. I'm not advocating for the push of 5G. My question is, the question that nobody's asking is, <laughs> if the FAA came out and said, we have an issue... Uh, it's going to mess up 
pilots from landing and bad weather and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. Cool. You didn't know that two months ago or six months ago or two years ago or whenever all this shit started, when they started developing 5G. I mean, there's already 5G towers up. It's not like they were all going to just be put up and turned on at the same time. Like the phone service I use, you know, Verizon. <laughs> so this actually revolves around Verizon and AT&T because those are your two main people. Or you see it on TV. You see AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, whatever commercial. Uh, the leader in 5G. We have 5G. Get your 5G phone, blah, blah, blah. And that's where your conspiracy theories fall too because like Chris had pointed out, when have you ever seen these companies giving away free phones, free iPhones, free galaxies, whatever the case may be. And I'm like, well, you know, sometimes they do. But it, but then I start thinking about it. I'm like, shit, he's right. If you watch the commercials, it used to be if you're a Verizon customer, for example, it would be AT&T would have a commercial for new, you know, people to come from Verizon. You get a free iPhone, whatever. And so if you're a Verizon, you might be like, well, shit, I could use a new iPhone. Let me go ahead and go to AT&T or vice versa. Now it's... Not even just AT&T, they're all doing it. Every single one of them. New and existing customers. New, free iPhone. Cool. <laughs> Why? Like, I have an iPhone 12. Why? Why do I need a 13? I mean, I made that mistake when we went from 11 to 12. I was like, shit, this is the same phone. <laughs> so, I'm not going to a 13 because they're basically the same. I'm sure it's a little faster or whatever, but it's not that big of a deal. But why are you pushing the free phones on everybody? I don't know. But then, so my point is that there's 5G out because my phone periodically has 5G. Okay. I'm not worried about it overly because I'm not vaccinated. So I don't feel like the phone's going to take over my brain and make me go kill people. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. But when they started putting up these 5G towers a year, two years ago, the airports and FAA and these places weren't complaining then. <laughs> Why now? Why all of a sudden? Is there something else to the story? Surely there is, and they're not telling us, right? But uh, I guess, like I said, this is a developing story. This all kind of started breaking yesterday because, like I said, it was supposed to happen today. They were supposed to roll it out nationwide. And like I said, I think this is the third time that they've delayed it. But the bigger thing is, in my opinion, is the situation where you have, there's numerous international airlines that, you know, fly into the United States, but they're housed outside of, of here that aren't flying to the United States. So there's more shit that's going to cause delays and cause issues. So you got numerous international airlines based outside the U.S. have announced they will suspend flights to certain U.S. locations during the upcoming 5G deployment near airports. Air India said on Tuesday that numerous flights departing from India and arriving in U.S. airports, including JFK, Newark Liberty, O'Hare, and San Francisco, would be canceled due to the deployment of 5G communications in the U.S. We will not be able to operate the following flights on the 19th of January, the airline said, listed for Indian blah, blah, blah. So, you know, you have, that's one particular one. Then you have uh, two uh, airlines out of Japan. What's that? All Nippon and Japanese, or and Japan Airlines also said the same thing. So, like I said, 
this 5G, they didn't hatch it up yesterday and decide to do it tomorrow. This has been developing over the last couple of years. Why now are we not doing what we're doing? Um, I guess interesting questions to come. Interesting questions to see. Because whatever, if, if the 5G is just the cell phone, then whatever. But if there's more to the story, obviously, there's... <laughs> Something's going to happen. So we'll just have to wait and see. All right, guys. Well, I just want to thank you for being here today. Make sure you go to our website, don'ttreadonamerica.com. From there, you can check out all of our social media platforms. Subscribe to the website if you'd like. Uh, like I said, I, on the last show, I had a call out for anyone, uh, the people that are in our, uh, Australia that listen to this. If you wanted to give me a shout out and give me some truth about what's actually happening in your country, please do so. Also, guys, don't forget our, our other sponsor of the show, Redcon1.com, that great supplement company out of Florida. Check them out. Use the promo code at the bottom of the um, app that you're listening to this on. Use T20 Cordimus to get some get some money off your, your bill there. And speaking of apps, if you're listening to this on Apple, if you give me a five-star rating, um, and then on whatever app you may be listening to this on, whether it's Apple, Google, whoever, Spotify, please share this with your friends because the more we share this, any post you see that we put on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, please share, 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 and uh, just we'll just keep this growing. So, guys, for that, today is January 19th, 2022, and uh, you guys have a great day. I'll be back on Friday. See you later.